You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is made possible by the Made in Oklahoma program, created for Oklahoma's entrepreneurs. Their free-to-join program focuses on economic growth and development for the small businesses who grow, process, or manufacture a good within Oklahoma. Retail stores who sell Made in Oklahoma products can also benefit from their program. Above all, they encourage you to support and shop local wherever possible. Find them on Facebook and visit their website at www.madeinoklahoma.net to learn more. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode coming to you from Stillwater, Oklahoma today with Jackson Seacrest, who is the founder, owner, and uh, I guess the man behind Payne County Beef Co. Great name, obviously, in Payne County. Pleasure to have you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Mike, for having me. So this, uh, I think when you scroll down the website, and I'm sure you get this a lot, uh, you don't look very old, right? <laughs> right, no. <laughs> I'm actually uh, 19 years old. So tell, tell us the little backstory, you know, like you grow up in Stillwater and you get into cattle and, and how did you get into to thinking about starting this company and I guess choosing that over going to college and all the rest of it? Right. So, um, I've always grown up on an, in an agricultural um, world, basically. I, I've grown up on a ranch and, um, we've always uh, grown up around cattle. We've always raised cattle on our ranch and we've been through many different breeds of cattle, but really um, about 10 years ago, we started raising the breed Wagyu on our family ranch and this new Wagyu breed just instantly stood out and it was completely different. I mean, this breed is docile. They look completely different and they taste incredible. Uh, for me, my favorite food is steak, of course, as you can probably tell. And whenever you, everyone remembers where they are, whenever they probably go to their first football game, probably whenever, wherever they are, whenever they, they first come to Stillwater. But everyone also remembers where they are whenever they first have their Wagyu steak. It's, it's an experience. And that's what really kind of projected me into uh, starting this business was more of an educational element, uh, teaching people about this wonderful breed and how it's different from other breeds itself. And I've recently started uh, college at Oklahoma State, and they're actually helping me in progressing my business. That's really cool. Yeah. So, so growing up in Stillwater and obviously a family, long family uh, history with, within the cattle industry. Right. Yes. So um, our family actually came over to Oklahoma in the land run. Oh, okay, cool. So where where are you from originally? Yeah. Family from originally. Uh, Well, I mean, yeah. So we have ancestors who were originally from Kansas. Okay. That's really cool. So, so growing up in Stillwater, obviously huge OSU fan. And then, you know, you're in the cattle industry and I have a lot of, po- a lot of people who've been on the podcast have gone to OSU for ag and, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, secretary Blaine Arthur was on the podcast, uh, native acres, meat co were on the podcast. Uh, and, you know, they, obviously it's a huge agricultural industry and, and very centered around OSU. Uh, before we get into talking about going to OSU and how exciting that is, tell me about, why Wagyu and why you've kind of pitched your niche business in that area? Right. It's, 
it's a breed that hasn't really been sought after that much. You know, it's only been here in America for about 44 years. It first came to America in 1976 and the Japanese actually declared it a national treasure in the nineties and shut down all exports. So you cannot get any more Wagyu cattle outside of Japan. It's really incredible. And I love teaching people about how it's different uh, compared to other steaks. I mean, whenever you look at that wonderful steak, you can really see that high amounts of mono and saturated to saturated fat ratio inside the intramuscular marbling. You can also see the high amounts of omega threes to, to omega sixes inside the fat content as well. And whenever you actually taste um, a Wagyu steak or ground beef, it literally melts inside of your mouth like cotton candy. It's truly unbelievable, and it causes an explosive flavor. So really, why I got into this was the sheer uniqueness of the product itself. Yeah, and, I, and you know, it's the, obviously the health benefits behind it as well and, and everything else. that like I, I was fortunate enough to go to Japan in 2014, uh, to play golf and I was mm. fortunate and we had some, we had some steaks there and you're right. They just, they melt in your mouth and it's, you know, it, it's such a, oh, it was amazing. Like we, we found this restaurant and we ate at it every single day while we were there for dinner because it was just so good. Um, I know different cuts and stuff, but they don't, or they don't eat the same portion sizes that we do in the States. So we had to order like flat right. per person basically. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's, uh, so, so there's not that many people then that, that are in your business then specifically for Wagyu meat. Exactly. No, I mean, there's not a lot of people producing or, or like selling uh, this Wagyu product. So really um, I'm, I'm kind of having to uphold this high premium quality uh, compared to the Japanese, if you will, because we actually uphold a standard of only producing full blood Wagyu. Okay. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of spinoffs, right? Of people calling it, you know, Wagyu or they're raising, they have one cattle that, that's a Wagyu and then, but they're, you know, they're training it for others or whatever, like yours is. Right. Exactly. I mean, uh, they'll take one Wagyu cow and then breed it to like uh, an Angus or another breed. And yes, you will get a marbled product, but it won't have the same amount of monounsaturated fats as you would within a full blood Wagyu cow. It's not mm -hmm. going to have that same buttery sensation that you're going to um, see within um, a full blood Wagyu steak. Yeah. Well, so what is, how do you get that, like that marbling and that difference? So what is that? Cause I, I don't know anything and I'm sure there's people listening to this mm -hmm. like me as well that, yeah, we love our steaks so we can tell you what steaks we want, but we don't exactly know the meats, for example. Uh, what is the big right. differences between, I guess, you know, an Angus and a, a Wagyu then? Right. I'm, I mean, like as far as physical traits go. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, they're, they're two different cows or yeah. two different, you know, animals, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, they are like completely different. I mean, when it comes to looking at like an Angus compared to like a Wagyu, they are very different when it comes to physical traits. I mean, finishing weight for a Wagyu can be anywhere from 1400 pounds all the way up to 2000 pounds. So they get pretty monstrous depending on what you're really feeding them. And also the Japanese believe that in order to get that wonderful, fine, unique marbling, uh, it's important to give them clean air natural spring water and a stress-free environment. Um, and they believe that those are kind of the key elements uh, that kind of comes with um, that wonderful marbling that you can see present with our products as well. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, when, when did you start the business? When did you get, I guess, the idea for it and think, you know, I can do this? So I started this business back in my sophomore year of high school. And I started selling it right out of the Stillwater Farmer's Market. And it kind of took off to where um, now today I'm selling at the Sittertail Farmer's Market in Oklahoma City. And I have an online store as well to where I'm shipping state and nationwide. That's really cool. And, you know, just a, well, a few, uh, two years, right? Two or three years. That's, that's pretty impressive to, to have that. Yeah. I'm sure that's the thing. The product sells, the sells itself, doesn't it? Once they taste it, they know it's quality. They want to keep tasting that. Going back to a quote, normal steak after tasting this is kind of like, you know, it's, it's, that's a good part about it. Um, exactly. It, it really, really cool. speaks for itself after you have it. Yeah. So, so you have this business, it's, you know, two or three years old, you're doing farmers markets and great website where you can ship online. Uh, what was it like, I guess, when you, you know, it's, it's, it's selling at farmers markets is great because you get to interact with the people, mm -hmm. but what is it like when you get that first like out of state order? Oh my gosh. It, it's an exciting feeling. It, it's unlike anything else. I actually watched my first out of state order on my screen kind of pop up and uh, you get this uh, sheer rush of excitement. It, it was truly amazing. But then on top of that, you can build on top of that more and more and more to create more exponential sales going out of state. It, mm -hmm. It's just, uh, it's a snowball effect. That's what it is. And yeah. the best way of marketing that you can do with this breed is word of mouth, because it, it's like when, before we talked, you had heard of Wagyu and you'd have tasted it. I mean, it, it's an extraordinary breed and it really does yeah. speak for itself. Yeah. Have you managed to go over to Japan yet or have plans to go and visit? So I'm actually planning on visiting Japan as part of my graduation. Nice. That'd be awesome. College. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a strange. It's there's one of the only few places I've been to where you walk into the airport and nothing, none of the signs have an English translation. It's just like <laughs> hieroglyphic kind of thing. You know, it's like the letters or whatever. And I'm like, I have no idea what any of that means. Uh, Japan's an incredible experience. You'll have a great time. That'd be awesome. Uh, oh, so, and obviously, I'm between, looking forward to it. Yeah, between now and the time you go, you, you're going to be able to research and build up relationships and have, you know, hopefully someone over there that you can go and tour someone's ranches and stuff like that because that would be the way to do it. Um, oh, yeah. So, 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 go, so the, the plan was always to go to college then as well? Yes. Uh, so I'm actually studying accounting and marketing at Oklahoma State. And then I'm sure that's helping with the marketing side's going to help obviously with the business and then obviously the accounting will as well, but the marketing side, especially with the online stuff, right? Cause if you're shipping stuff out of state and predominantly a lot of it's online, you know, they're going to be teaching you all the marketing techniques, the SEO and everything to put you online at the top of the Google searches. Oh yeah. And also uh, I think a big, form of marketing right now because we're unable to kind of talk to each other face to face is going to be mostly social media marketing. I think because we're all using a technological based um, platform to kind of interact with each other right now because of the coronavirus. So that's kind of how I see our society kind of progressing forward, most likely into the near future as coronavirus is still around. And I feel that's going to be the, ble the best way of uh, kind of contacting and uh, advertising to people is going to be mostly through social media. Yeah. So you guys do a lot through Facebook and Instagram, stuff like that. Yeah, we do. Uh, how it's kind of that, our main form. 
to that point, how do people find them? What, what is the social media stuff? How are they going to, if they're listening to this while they're on their walk, they can go for a, go to the pages. Yeah. So, um, we have a Facebook account, we have an Instagram account, we have a Twitter account, and we also have a website too. And so with that, um, I mean, definitely check out our website and uh, check out our products as well. And we'll definitely be restocking a large amount of our products uh, by the end of November. Yeah, I'm sure that people are ready for that. That's, so it's at just at Payne County Beef oh, yeah. uh, on, on all social media platforms. Um, what is, I guess, your favorite yes. cut? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's a tricky question. I would probably say it's a cut that's not really um, well known to a lot of people, but I would definitely say the flat iron. The flat iron is actually known for being uh, the second most tender steak on the entire animal. And it's located in the chuck portion of the steer. So the first uh, most tender is actually the, um, the tenderloin on the steer. Uh, everyone's very familiar with uh, a filet, but the second is actually the flat iron and it's located on in the underbelly of the chuck. And it, whenever you actually look at that steak you, and it's wagyu, you can really see that's completely marbled all the way through. It's extraordinary. And you can definitely cut it up and put it in small portions, just like the Japanese intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because when we did, when I did eat it in Japan, it was in very small portions and it was tiny little mm-hmm. pieces. And, and I mean, literally a tiny little piece the size of a poker chip and you just put it on your tongue and just let it melt. That's great. Yes. Uh, how, what, what's it been like for you to like research all this stuff? Uh, and, and then obviously with the cuts, I mean, you're, are you going and are you like cutting it yourself and, and put like, how, how is that process? And, you know, what's that like to learn all this and really dive into, you know, the, the Japanese culture, the history, the way they eat it, like all that really cool information. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I must say it's taken me years to learn all this information years. I, I didn't learn this overnight. Um, I mean, we started raising Wagyu 10 years ago. So through that span of 10 years, I was grasping all this information, learning it over time. And then I started this business three years ago. And then I really started delving into what is Wagyu? What does it really mean for a Wagyu steer to actually be Wagyu? Really grabbing all this information. Um, But I mean, over time though, I definitely learned it. I mean, just through constant, constant research. Um, As far as fabrication goes, FAPSI, uh, I actually process um, with Oklahoma State University. So, and they're gracious enough to allow me to actually get a hands-on experience with the fabrication process. And that's kind of how I learned where every stake is located on the steer. I began to learn, okay, this is where... um, the round roast is located. This is where the chuck guy is located. And just through constant, constant fabrication and watching them fabricate uh, over time. And it was a truly extraordinary process. And you begin to develop a respect for the animal uh, over time because you can see them being born through conception all the way up to being put on the plate. You begin to have this amazing respect for this wonderful marbled animal. It's truly amazing. Yeah. It must be really cool to have that experience and, and be having that inside, you know, knowledge. And, and again, going through it with OSU and, you know, seeing the, the animal there and cutting it up and seeing where everything comes from and then noticing the difference, right, between the Wagyu side or the, the just, I guess, your, your typical Angus side, right? Just the difference in the modeling and, and then, right. then you really understand why it is so good, right? 
Oh yeah. I mean, even the bone structure of Wagyu cattle are different compared to Angus. I mean, they're really remarkable and very different. I mean, the whole Wagyu breed is very, very unique and different compared to other breeds. It's extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, the Japanese even love to uh, take the tongue out and they like to even uh, eat that like a filet because the tongue is so marbled as well. I mean, almost every single part on a Wagyu steer is marbled. It's incredible. Have you, so I assume you've already had tried the tongue as well then. I have not. No, that's an experience. I'm um, kind of holding back a little bit. <laughs> why, why is that? I don't know. Um, maybe saving it for a rainy day, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess, right. Cause I mean, in, in, in some of the cultures, they eat literally all of it. Um, that must, that's, that's really interesting. It's kind of, you know, I'm sure when you started to research it and, and, you know, family, which, you know, you come from a family, you know, sixth generation of raising cattle, like you've definitely got enough people around you to learn how to raise cattle. And then, oh, yeah. you know, I guess when you came up, well, you know, the family starts raising the, the Wagyu stuff and you dive right in. That's, that's a really cool, neat experience to have. And, and, a, and a niche that, you know, because Japan stopped it, stopped exporting it and you guys have it. That's, uh, that's really cool. And it's going to be a need, you know, it's just once, like you said, we're getting word of mouth out once people start realizing how good it is and, and where they can get it from, you know, it's, exactly. uh, it's the way to go. So what, any other kind of future plans with it? What, what are you thinking? I guess when now you're, you know, you're in college, so you've got college stuff to do as well, but I guess COVID's probably a good thing is you don't have to go to class. <laughs> yeah. So uh, actually Oklahoma State is having this uh, alternative to where you can actually attend class and also attend class virtually as well. It's really up to the, up to the professor. That's kind of nice for me because uh, if I were to do like the online platform, I can kind of have more time to dedicate towards my business and kind of um, work towards different uh, avenue streams for my business. So it's really nice. But as far as plans for the future goes, I've actually partnered up with the Spear School of Business and the Riata Center. So the Riata Center at the Spear School of Business is dedicated towards helping small businesses kind of grow and uh, mold them into what their um what their perfect idea of being a small business is. They kind of help them in developing, um, developing and becoming that perfect small business. So I've actually partnered up with them and they're dedicated to kind of helping me in uh, pursuing my goals of distribution uh, for my online store and helping me get some uh, future employees. So, I mean, they're kind of helping me take my business to the next level, which is absolutely amazing. And also with some um, insightful marketing as well. Yeah, it's it's great to have people like that in it that help out the small businesses because, you know, you understand the cuts of the meat, you understand, you know, how to raise the, the animals. But when it comes to learning about all the connections to selling, online business, like packaging like there's so many things that come to it and and with people like oh, yeah. that you know it makes a huge difference to have them you know basically right by right by your side holding your hand the whole way through and making the introductions and, and i know through like the made in oklahoma as well you know it's much cheaper to market with the connections that they have than if you just went to somebody and said hey can i you know can you put my food in your store or stuff like that like it's right it's amazing we, we're really lucky to have that you know, connections like that in, in the state. It's awesome. 
Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think it's great, though, that we have this made in Oklahoma coalition to actually help these small businesses uh, grow and expand. It's definitely yeah. helping my business expand. So I'm very thankful for the Made in Oklahoma Coalition. Yeah. Uh, so what, I guess some, some people, you know, they're, they're coming into college and you might have friends of yours in class and, and, you know, they're thinking, Oh, I should start up my own business. And, and you're coming in, you're like, guys, I, I've had my business for two or three years. Like I'm uh-huh. kind of already a step ahead. Uh, that must be really neat as well to do that. Is this, do you, are you thinking, you know, the plan I assume is to get, you know, get it nationwide in stores or do you just want to strictly be out of your online as you can control the volume? Yeah. So what I'm looking to do is I'm actually looking to be uh, in stores and also have an online store as well. So I'm looking to kind of be a B2C business, but also, but also sell B2B business to business as well. So that way I'm kind of, um, helping everyone in the same process because everybody's wanting this product. Everybody's wanting to utilize this product, whether it's somebody wanting to impress their family with a nice steak dinner, or it's a local business wanting to uh, upgrade the quality of their meats in their local, um, in their local grocery store. I mean, it all depends on who the audience is and I'm willing to cater to all those audiences um, whether it's today, tomorrow, I'm willing to cater to all those audiences because this product definitely can do that with the insurmountable amount of quality that it provides. It's truly remarkable. Yeah. What's, uh, what's your cooking like? Are you like, have you, have you lit, have you kind of like experimented all types of cooking, how to cook all this meat to, I mean, it's technically research, right? Which is, another, oh, yeah. which is a good thing. How has that yes. been for you cooking it and, you know, I guess grilling it, doing the whole, you know, it could be any way, right? How, how has that been? Oh, What's yeah. your, what would be your best way to cook it? I guess. Oh man, my best way. Um, so when it comes to a good steak, I definitely recommend the reverse sear method. So that's actually where you apply indirect heat to the steak and that allows it to actually internally cook the steak. Uh, And you want to bring that up to a nice, probably 125 degree mark. And then after you take it out, you want to apply direct heat to the steak and you want to get that steak right up to probably 135, 140 degree mark. Probably a nice medium rare would be best. I mean, I've seen people apply direct heat in all sorts of ways. I've had a guy come down and he tells me that, oh yeah, I applied a direct heat with my flamethrower and I went, flamethrower? What the heck? I mean, that's amazing. He said, yeah, man, but uh, the steak I got from you was the best steak ever. Uh, and my flamethrower definitely helped. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's like just bought Elon Musk's flamethrower and thought, you know what? I'm going to cook a steak with that. I'm not going to cook just any steak. I'm going to cook my Wagyu steak with my flamethrower. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. But when it comes though to like cooking burgers, I mean, a good Wagyu burger though can definitely go a long ways as well. I mean, it's, oh yeah. Have you ever had a Wagyu burger? I haven't, no. Oh my gosh. So uh, a Wagyu burger has a fat content ratio of about 80-20. So it contains 20% fat content, but that fat content is made up of like um, the same uh, intramuscular marbling that you can find like the steak products. So really you're taking that good fat from the steak and you're putting it inside the burgers. So really, 
whenever you cook it, you want to put it on a nice grill. You want to lay it on a nice grill, probably put it, uh, maybe flip it, maybe two minutes, two and a half minutes on each side, depending. You want to get a nice crispy golden brown on each side and then put some nice cheese on it, some ketchup, depending on what you want to do. And oh my gosh, uh, whenever you first bite into it, all those juices, that's actually um, the wonderful fat content from the Wagyu. And it's actually good fat, healthy fat for you. Yeah, that sounds so. I'm so hungry now. <laughs> uh, I, get, I get. I didn't even think about this. You know, you got. You know, you don't just have steaks, right? You have. Um, do you do ground meat as well from it? Is that possible to have like in, yes. in stews and in, um, you know, I guess uh, chilies and stuff like that? Oh, so what we do is we actually do uh, ground beef, we do bratwurst, and we do um, patties as well. Okay. So uh, we have jalapeno and cheese and we have regular bratwurst. And we are kind of experimenting with some new products as well, kind of like um, a beef jerky stick made from Wagyu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's. So, I mean, we're always experimenting. Yeah. Yeah. So what about um, – do you – now, talking of Japanese culture, do you eat the Wagyu stick with the same size that sides that they do or do you just load it with fries and have it <laughs> instead of <laughs> – because they were with obviously white rice and other stuff, right? Right. Yeah. So, uh, whenever we actually eat it ourselves as a family, we do typically like to eat it kind of like Japanese style and kind of a little American style mixed in with it, you know, like a little mashed potatoes with it, some white rice. Um, you know, we don't like, we don't like to do, um, chopsticks per se, but what we do is we like to have a hibachi night to where we'll just put a little, um, little grill right in the middle of our table. And we'll actually just, uh, put the raw meat on the grill just little slivers of the raw meat and then we'll actually cook it. So like each person is kind of um, responsible for their own cooking. That way they can't blame the cook. They can only blame oh, yeah. themselves. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, how we, that's absolutely how we had it. Amazing. Yeah. That's how we had it in Japan. Uh, you had like a little grill between you sat on these really long, thin tables and you had mm-hmm. the grills between you and they're really kind of, you just picked your sides of meat and you cooked them however you wanted to cook them and had your chopsticks and it was, I need to go back. It was, uh, it's worth traveling oh, yeah. that far for, well, I guess you don't have to now cause you, you have it, which is a good thing. Um, so yeah. if anyone listening wants to go to Japan, but just for the meat, they don't have to, they can come to you instead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cause I yeah, think they had it. Um, also wasabi though. Too. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, wasabi is definitely a good with Wagyu, uh, but it's very hot to say the least. Yeah, I did. You have Wagyu with with wasabi? I'm not a fan of like hot, spicy food. So oh. it was just meat and meat and rice for me, and it was good enough. We had, I think, we had some little kind of dipping sauce with it. I can't remember what it was. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't much because because it was just so good. Um, and that's really it. I mean, you don't really need sauce and sides with it because the meat is so good. You don't need super amounts of barbecue sauce or um you know a1 or whatever it is that some people put on their steaks like oh, yeah. you just eat it with the steak because the steak and the juices of the steak is so good it's got enough of its own flavor it's yeah it's got that nice buttery rich flavor that it already comes with it's it's really incredible yeah I, i'm sure you struggle to like not eat it every single day <laughs> let's just say whenever i go pick up my own product it's like christmas whenever i open up that box yeah that's awesome. Uh, so people can go to the website, paincountybeefcode.com. 
which I'm probably listening. I'll, I'll put the links to that down below and you can go and buy yourself some. And then I guess it's a bit strange with farmers markets this year with COVID and stuff. What has that been like? Do you have any coming up Christmas stuff? Uh, as far as like me attending a farmer's market? Yeah. You're going to be at any farmer's markets for Christmas or are you solely at the moment selling on online? So solely I'm kind of selling online and I'm also at the Stillwater farmer's market right now. Okay. So if you're ever in Stillwater, come up and check us out, but uh, you can also order online and I can ship directly to you. Yeah. Anywhere in the nation. Anywhere in the nation. That's awesome. When is the next, uh, when, when's your next farmer's market at Stillwater? Is it once a month or once a week? And yeah. So it's actually once a week, every Saturday. And then uh, come next uh, April, I believe, I'll, we'll actually be attending the Scissor Cell Farmer's Market located in OKC. Great. Well, I look forward to it. I'm going to have to come up and, and grab some for sure because that sounds amazing. Great. So Saturday the 5th, I think it is, right? You'll be open up. and I believe so, yes. Yeah. Well, good. Well, mate, I, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on the podcast. Um, I mean, pretty awesome to, to have a, such, a, such a cool business at such a young age. Um, wish you all the best and obviously have a great time at OSU and you know it, hopefully you do get the full OSU experience when COVID lifts and you can go and hang out and go to games properly in tailgate because I'm usually up there for, for games every now and then so next time I'm in town I'll have to let you know and then when I'm coming mm -hmm. up for I will I will figure out if I can get up there next Saturday and get some get to meet from you because that sounds awesome um okay. everyone listening uh, how so so remind everyone listening how they can find you online and how they can follow you on social media and stuff like that yeah definitely so uh we are on twitter we're on facebook and we're on instagram so you can follow us on all those social media platforms and you can also um log on to our website pain p-a-y-n-e county c-o-u-n-t-y beef b-e-e-f-c-o.com and through our website just uh, pick out what products you would like to order uh purchase them and i'll ship them directly to your residence uh state and nationwide that's awesome uh jackson thank you so much mate i uh i look forward to tasting some of this meat um i need to improve on my grilling skills first before i ruin a perfectly good piece of meat uh, but yeah uh, this is a really cool great story and uh, thanks for coming on the podcast yeah, thank you, Mike, for having me. This podcast is made possible by the Made in Oklahoma program, created for Oklahoma's entrepreneurs. Their free-to-join program focuses on economic growth and development for the small businesses who grow, process, or manufacture a good within Oklahoma. Retail stores who sell Made in Oklahoma products can also benefit from their program. Above all, they encourage you to support and shop local wherever possible. Find them on Facebook and visit their website at www.madeinoklahoma.net to learn more. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.